Welcome to Converge Coffee. I'm here with Kyle Lacey. He brings over 12 years of experience in marketing, strategy, and digital operations. He is currently the Vice President of Marketing at Lessonly. Prior to joining Lessonly, Kyle held senior positions at OpenView Venture Partners, Salesforce, and Exact Target. He is also the author of three books, Twitter Marketing for Dummies, Branding Yourself, and Social CRM for Dummies. Kyle, thanks for being on the show. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. So, Kai, I think we talked a couple months ago, and uh, you were talking about, um, you know, a, a website um, relaunch and some stuff that you learned from that from Lessonly. And I think the biggest thing is um, marketing failures and how we uh, how we learn from them. Um, and one thing you kind of pointed out to me was um, a, a certain digital metrics, um, just metrics in general. Um, can you give me an example of you know what metrics um, are essential to grow a company? Um, just in general, when we lead into this uh, for Lessonly? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there there's definitely a lot of metrics that you can look at, especially from a software company perspective. Um, you know, you have, your, you have your metrics that you look at as an executive team, which is customer acquisition costs and ACV and ARR. But for a for a marketing team, what what we what we were doing when I first got here was looking at all of the metrics. So everything from visits to time on site to users to leads to uh, marketing qualified lead to closed one to um, segmenting out those leads. There was just a lot. So we tried to par them down into something that was a little bit simpler, which was um, lead to marketing qualified marketing qualified to first meeting, which is basically a completed meeting by a sales team, and then uh, completed meeting to close one. Um, we were looking at that as the whole funnel, but what we failed to do and failed to realize was that there is a whole other world of metrics like users and leads that are almost just as important. So. You've got your very top of the funnel, you've got your top of the funnel, and then you have the mid funnel. And I think it's important for any marketing team in any company to make sure that you are tracking every point along a life cycle, customer, a prospect to customer life cycle, because it's really easy to miss something at the very beginning, which it's really, it's much easier to track somebody when they become qualified. It's harder when they're not. Interesting. So you, we were, Leading into this with the uh, the whole redesign for for Lessonsley what Lessonsley's website, yeah. um, why did you and the marketing team seem it fit to um, to redesign the whole website? And I think it was in a record time. You can you can spout the time. I don't know how long it took, but it was it was really pretty quick for a whole website. Yeah, we I mean we just we took our there was a specific metric that was very important to our business. Because we, we've, we've spent a ton of time and energy building organic traffic to the website. And what we found was that um, we, we had missed watching our organic traffic. So we started seeing while organic traffic was plateauing, our conversion rate for that organic traffic was going down. And we actually were not looking at that number because we were focused so much on the middle, top, like top, middle of the funnel instead of the very top of the funnel. And uh, so that's a failure on my part as a marketing leader to not, to not be watching that or to at least test the team to watch that. So what we did was we, 
we took the entire marketing team out of the office and put them in a, a off-site location, like black ops style. And they rebuilt the website from the ground up in six weeks and what we've and launched it. And that and that's all the quotes we were getting from agencies was gonna take like twelve weeks and we did it in half the time. And what we found was that because of our failure to watch that metric, it forced us to be better at what we do and design a site that's performing triple what it was doing before. So the failure, the failure was, was of failure, right? It's, nobody likes to fail, but it drove us to be even better than what, what we were doing before, which, which is the whole reason why fa- failure is important to recognize and to use it to your advantage. I like that. And Kyle, can you kind of go a little bit deeper into, you know, yeah. the deeper lesson learned from um, a failure missing that, you know, that, that KPI um, the conversions off of organic to um, what you guys are doing now to just make sure that um, that you're you're learning quickly um, from 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 mistakes, failures, things that have been overlooked. Well, we we definitely we overhauled all of our reporting. So our our dashboards and Salesforce and how we report in Google Analytics, it's all been overhauled so that we can make sure we're watching trends. I think that's probably the biggest takeaway is that uh, we, we're making sure that all of our major metrics that are important to the business model on the inbound side, we, we, we are seeing trend lines. So we, we're not necessarily reporting on week over week. We're reporting on the entire model so that we can start seeing if things are decreasing. And that's probably the biggest lesson learned is just to say, it's very, very important that you work backwards. You know what your your revenue number needs to be, your lead number, your marketing quote, whatever terminology you use. And you need to work all the way back to that user. And ultimately, the biggest lesson was, and this this come this came straight from somebody that I work for um, at Exact Target, and um, he's definitely somebody I go to if I need help. And that's Daniel and Candela, who's CMO of Return Path. He said something to me before we b- rebuilt the site. Um, he said, your website is, is a product and you need to think of your website as much as you think of your product that you're selling. And I, I don't think I fully, well, I didn't do that before. So now we, we obsess over the website because frankly, it is the, it, it is the face of the company online. We obsess over it like we do our product offering. And that was a huge our dashboards, our, our, our time and energy, it all reflects that idea that the, the website is a product. Interesting. So I um, got, got another question from you, uh, for you since um, you, you opened, up, um, opened up about the product. Um, how do you balance um, being on top of being you know, very diligent of updating the website, updating the product to, for each of them to match one another? Well, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it goes hand in hand. I I just think that the, the point of, I think Daniel's comment was, was as a software company, we have an entire team of people that obsess over the platform, lessonly as a software, right? Building features, keeping up with features, making sure security's tight, making sure that our customers are happy, but we're, we weren't thinking that way for the website. 
So it's more of a mentality than it is an actual uh, combination of design online. The, the product is what makes our customers happy and the website is the brand. So it's very important that those are tied together, but it's more just about the mentality around thinking of your website as a product instead of it just being like window dressing for the company. So it doesn't really connect to the software. It's just the mentality that's important. Okay. So in, in terms of like, you know, customer experience that they land onto your, onto your site before versus landing onto your site now, um, how does that speak and engage with people when they actually use the product? Well, it, it's all, we play the messaging in from start to finish. I mean, our one thing that we did was we, we removed all barriers to somebody getting in front of the product. So we removed all landing, all of our gated content except for our demo button. So other than a few things on the website, our only CTA is get a demo. Um, so the messaging around get a demo is do better work. Do better work is our go to market. It's our message. It's our mission. It's the vision that Max had five years ago. Our vision statement is we help people do better work so they can live better lives. And that transcends all the way through our entire model. So you come to the website, it talks about doing better work. You, you talk to the salesperson, they talk about doing better work. You buy the product, the implementation of the software is about doing better work. And then the renewal and the constant customer interactions all about helping people do better work. So it's a, it's a, it starts at the website, but it's a, it's a uh, methodology more than just a message, which I think is very important. That's how the website connects to the product. I like that. That moves, you know, methodology over message, but everything kind of, um, is holistic. Um, I like that. So I'm going to stop grilling you with questions now. Um, and if you want to share a story about um, something that's not online, I know you talk about product and technology and digital marketing, right. but is there something offline background you'd like to share about um, an experience, a story of um, a customer, a partner, um, a mentor um, that really kind of um, impacted um, your view on, on, you know, marketing in general that kind of, you know, helps you with reaching out to people and connecting about the Lessonly website redesign? Yeah. I mean, I think that if we're talking about just the, the creative aspects of marketing in general, where, where I, I've had, I've had the opportunity to work for a lot of amazing marketers like Daniel and Candela, like Tim Kopp, working with uh, the team at, exact target and then Salesforce and, and the multiple amazing marketers that were part of the open view portfolio. The one thing that really was my beginning for my love of marketing was Mark Gobe's book called emotional branding, which came out like in 2002, something ridiculous, like a long time ago. And it was the first time I remember, um, reading a book like four or five times and, and underlining things and being fascinated with the idea that branding is not just a logo or a product. It is, it's the emotions surrounding all of it, the perception of all the, the customers have of it, the conversations that's happening. And keep in mind, this is before 
he wrote this before the world of, you know, you could put something on Twitter and everybody gets pissed off, right? It was about, it's about the identity of a product, the message and the story behind a product. And that, and I remember reading that in, I think it was my freshman year of college and just becoming obsessed with it. And that's where it started. Um, I was, I was in music business in college and I switched to the business school because the, the idea of being able to tell a story and sell and sell, uh, based off of storytelling, which is marketing, um, was fascinating to me, especially because of that Mark Dobe book. And that was, yeah, I don't know if they've done different versions of it, but I still have it on my desk and I still look back at it. That's really cool. After, after almost 16 years that, uh, a story can be relevant still these days where um, product and marketing is in a constant, you know, in a constant state of change. Um, so, yeah, I like that. I'm, I might, and now I'm going to get that book. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the, the, the examples in it are a little old school, but the, it's a, it has the same firepower as like how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. Like that thing was written in 1901. I can still read it today and take away things, right? So it's, it has the same. I think the Dale Carnegie book is a little bit higher than Mark Gobe, but um, they both they both mean that to me. I like it. Yeah. Well, it's humans connecting with humans. I mean, essentially, it's what it is. Absolutely. So uh, enough about stories. Um, it's more about you, Kyle. So I mean, I see that you're you're extremely passionate about marketing, and you've got a um, really great um, background just connecting with people. Um, but you know, the big thing for this part of the episode is, is about you and what do you do creatively and as a hobby that brings, um, passion back to what you do at Lessonly and, and just marketing in general, your passion with that. You know, I, I, um, I'm a little bit, and I don't know if you've, you've gotten this from other, um, from other people you've interviewed. I actually don't spend time outside of the office doing things to bring back to the office, if that makes sense. Where I, when I'm at home, I am uh, either with my family or I'm, I usually, when I'm reading, I'm usually reading history books, more military history. I do take a lot away from a leadership perspective on leading my team from books about Lincoln and Eisenhower and World War II and the Civil War and Revolutionary War and the fall of Constantinople and all these things that I study. Um, that is where I gain a lot of, like, I'm not one to go play guitar. So I'm more creative or do pottery or whatever. Like it's, it's pretty much my work is here. My job is marketing, but ultimately my job is leading. And, um, I gain a lot of perspective from reading about the people who've done it in much dire, you know, in, in more dire circumstances than I'm in today. Um, on the, and then I exercise. I mean, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Every morning I wake up at five and I run or I lift for 30 to 45 minutes and that clears my head. And usually when I'm that's running, cool. <laughs> I'm listening to audio or I'm watching a documentary um, I like watching documentaries on comedians, <laughs> on sports, on people who are great, on people who are like, like certifiably crazy, like Kobe Bryant and Robin Williams and people who 
it's interesting to hear the way that they think about living and life and and uh i i tend to go more that route than anything else i like that i like that you give a you give a you're not giving a holistic you're giving more of a leadership perspective rather than saying i'm just doing marketing marketing's my job but leading is almost um almost ingrained in you like i was looking at your website and looking at things in the past and it just seemed like a a constant evolution of what you just mentioned where I separate things, but I'm on a constant evolution to um, eventually lead people. Yeah. And that's, and ultimately anyone, anyone who wants to be in business and wants to be in management, you're, you're, you are tasked to surround yourself with people who are better than you are and that, and your ability to inspire and lead based off of their ability to deliver is extremely important. You know, I, I, I have skills and multiple types of marketing, but I'm hiring people that are better at it. And so, you know, that's where prioritization of time, making sure that you have a healthy mind, making sure that you are, you are surrounding yourself with things that are different than what you do on a daily basis at work is important. And I believe makes people more creative by doing it. Well, Kyle, I appreciate you being on this episode and just kind of giving, shining some light on, uh, you know, lessons that we've learned from, um, you know, showing, um, you know, a little bit about you that, uh, you know, what you do, how do you separate, you know, work and, and life and that kind of stuff. And I think the, uh, the Converge Coffee listeners out there will really appreciate your insight. Thanks, Kyle. Well, that's a wrap, everybody. Uh, check out uh, Lessons Lee's new site um, and check out Kyle. Um, I know I know that he's going to um, be around the game and the leadership game in marketing uh, for for a while. So uh, check that out. Check him out too. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had fun. 